0: If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well... We need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S P R E A K E R.com. Welcome to the Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church as our example. And in doing so, we're going to find the church that the Lord intended, the one that helped get everything started, and not the one that we have now, which is primarily man made. The intention of the porch has always been to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world shaking influence that the early church had. We believe Church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida not-for-profit since January of 2000. Go to solomonsporch.org if you have any questions, or you can go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button. You could also find ways to support us there. We appreciate each and every one of you that support us, no matter the amount. And I don't usually do this, but I'm going to ask that if you get fed here and if you get blessed here, that you bless us. We need your support. We need to pay for things and some upcoming things we'd like to do. And many of you have been great supporters, some of you overwhelming so. But I've gotten to the point where I won't beat the drum, but I just will simply say, if if you get fed here spiritually, then I pray and believe that you would honor the Scripture to bless us. Subscribe to Firefall Talk Radio on the Spreaker app to get updates. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and we post things post shows and announcements, so make sure that the Spreaker account is your main account and watch for new shows. A show that's coming back overwatch, we had one two weeks ago. This past weekend, we were unable to do it due to equipment issues that have since been resolved. We'll get back on track this weekend with the weekly reports, and we will have a Sunday night show once again on Firefall Talk Radio. Update on the SIG Conference video. Session one has been posted. If you were at the event, you should have been notified with the link for access to the video. Supporters will be getting an email with that link. Session two is in process. We're hoping to have that up by next week. Yom Kippur 5870, that's where we are right now. We're in God's New Year according to his calendar. The Jewish New Year of 5870 has begun. And today on Yom Kippur in Germany, a neo-Nazi terrorist gunman killed Two people outside of a synagogue in Germany wounded two more, and he streamed, he live-streamed the attack while it was happening. Folks, the devil is still about, he still hates the children of God, both Jew and Gentile. We need to pray. We need to be more proactive in our prayers, and we need to understand and discern the times that we're in. Praise reports and prayer requests, that's how we start. If you want to participate, we have the same people that always send in something. If you have a praise report that you would like to share or a prayer request, if you get it to me via email or go to Firefall Talk Radio or go to one of the social media accounts, preferably the Facebook one because I get alerts to that, and give it before 6 p.m. Eastern Time, it will be included. And if God has blessed you and done something for you, share it. People people get edified, and it helps them in their faith. Well, I praise the Lord for my home, for my wife, for my sons, daughter-in-laws, my grandson, for our furry kids. Some of you call them pets. I praise Him for all the possessions, all the technology that has been acquired over the years that He has allowed us to to get to do this. I praise Him for this. For Firefall Talk Radio, For the Porch, for SRT, for Overwatch, for all the things that he uses to get the information out and inspire people and help set them free. I praise him for the ministry that he lets me work. It'll always be his ministry. For the dreams and the visions. I praise Him that His healing virtues is still available to us. Although many are suffering, and, and from time to time I have my own battles, I still believe in healing. I still believe in miracles. And by faith, I speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. I praise Him for the ability to praise Him, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to blow my shofar here in the house and not have to worry if somebody's going to kick in the doors and arrest us. I praise him for being a new creation and living in these exciting prophetic times, living in America that allows us to worship him freely while our brothers and sisters around the world do it in hiding or in darkness or in fear of their lives. I also praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. I sincerely believe that. So praise the Lord get ready. Praise him for his favor and the revelation and all the things he shares with us through his word and through his Holy Spirit. My prayer is for the Middle East, for Israel, for our brothers and Jewish brothers and sisters around the world, for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. We, we live in a world that talks about justice and values justice and gives so little of it. And that there won't be any justice till the king returns. But we pray. We pray and intercede for a My brothers and sisters, for the slaughter of the innocents, I I I will be glad to see the day when that ends. For the religious persecution and anti-Semitism, which I've already mentioned, and the victims of human and sex trafficking. So horrible, demonic, satanic activity, and it's flourishing and making a lot of people a lot of money. The global elite don't want to get into that. It's an overwatch topic. I I pray for divine wholeness and health and healing in all of us, getting back to our divine design. It's very difficult to do everything we want to do for the Lord when you don't feel good, when, when you're dealing with sickness, illness, or injury. So begin to pray, begin to intercede, intercede for one another, for his divine healing virtues to manifest into each and every one of us that is sick or hurting right now in Jesus' name. Pray for protection and inspiration. And I pray for the remnant to wake up, to rise up, and answer the call to action. There's so much to do. The harvest is so great, and the true laborers are few. And I pray that those that have been blessed to be a blessing. Again, it gets back to a topic I really don't like talking about. But there's so much that needs to be done with SRT, with the porch, with Firefall. And I'm praying that the documentary, if you'll pray with me to help me push through and get it done. The new equipment's going to help that greatly so that it gets out there and opens people's eyes and and gains us favor so that we can get blessed and be given the funds to go do more, to expose more. And I pray that each and every one of us would prosper in accordance with his word and that the open conduits of his blessings would flow through us. Deb here in Orlando, my wife, I am paraphrasing This isn't exactly the way she said it, so I'm just going to tell you she's grateful for home and family, grateful for his protection. She's asking for continued healing, relief, and restoration, as well as favor in certain situations and salvation for loved ones. Nick in Dallas, Nick didn't send me this. He did uh, the last time ask for prayer for his mother who'd had a stroke, and she was in rehab. Well, Nick's mother passed away last week. While she was in rehab, she suffered a massive stroke. Then she had a heart attack, and then her heart gave out. She was surrounded by her family, and she was a believer, so she's with the Lord. Her pain and suffering is gone, but now her family needs his grace and mercy. Dawn in South Carolina is asking for prayer regarding health issues and strength his strength for her and her family. So if you were at the C conference, intercede for the other people that you met there. Stacy in Texas, thankfully she didn't make me say y'all. She says, I have two huge praise reports. I made it up to the mountain of over 16,000 feet and back down safely. And she asked for a drum roll, and unfortunately that's not one of the sound effects I have. Otherwise, you would have gotten it. She says, I have a job. I got hired as the school nurse for Stroman Middle School, and that it leads to a prayer request. She needs child care for Hattie, her youngest, uh, previous child care shut down unexpectedly, been on a waiting list for about three weeks. She was supposed to start tomorrow, but the new daycare doesn't have room for her. So pray for me to find the right to the solution. So Also pray for the situation on Mount Illimani. That's where she was for the documentary about the plane crash um, that, that killed her father many years ago. Said it's a high place. That's a very Astute geographical scientific assessment, Stacy. It's a high place. We faced, <laughs> I'm sorry, a lot of opposition during our trip. Uh, while I'm not sure what the next step is, I think it's just the beginning. Continue to pray for salvation, healing, deliverance in her family. She says God is moving and answering prayers. Siddhartha, I choose to bless your name, no matter the circumstances. You are the God of the hills and the valleys, and yes, the very tall mountains. Please bless and protect my brothers and sisters. May we all have the strength and endurance to accomplish the mission you have for each of us in Jesus' name. And now we get to Kim in Fort Mitchell. I always save Kim for last. Um, says, Hope all is well. Doing really good. Her husband made it back here safely. He's grateful for that. It's wonderful to see your kids. Happy to see him. Praise the Lord for this. I praise him for my salvation. Without that, I would not even be able to see things with new eyes. I praise him for keeping me sober today. Thank you Father, for my children, my friends, this ministry, my dog Bruno. I praise you Almighty Father for providing for us and giving us a place to live. said so he this sounds very familiar. Did I copy the same? Hold on folks, I'm not going to go forward unless I confirm. That sounds like the same one from last week. Yeah, that was the same one from last week. My bad. She sent a very simple one about she hopes all is well, a lot of stuff going on. She's praying for everybody and, and all the families as well as herself. She said, "Father knows, my father knows everything about me, and his will be done in Jesus' name. Forgive me, Kim. I kind of messed up there. So, Lord, you knew. I just corrected that because I felt led to for Kim. But the truth is you knew. You already knew. And you're already answering prayers even as we pray. Lord, there's people out there right now who have not sent this in, might be listening. Maybe they're afraid too. Maybe they feel embarrassed. Maybe they just don't want to put private stuff out there. And I pray that you'd honor that, that you'd bless them, that you'd hear their prayers, that you'd answer them. Give mercy where mercy is needed, comfort where comfort is needed, healing where healing is needed. Some people need a word. They need a confirmation. They need an explanation. Not that you owe us one, but it helps us. It helps us in our struggles. It helps us in our confusion. And this world can make you very confused. One thing we're not confused about is the price you paid. The price you paid on the cross for our sins, the blood that was shed to make atonement for us, the price that it cost you, one that we could never pay. You set us free from the law. You set us free to love and be loved by our Heavenly Father, be reconciled in family relationship with Him again and with you, and that through your Holy Spirit we are in constant connection to you in the throne room. I pray right now if anyone doesn't know that, doesn't feel that, doesn't have that, that the Holy Spirit would fill them, fall upon them right now, and become an abiding presence in their lives. Lord, we love you. You are awesome. We have nothing without you. You are everything. So I just pray right now you'd bless this time. Bless the Bible, study Holy Spirit, bring power, and your presence to it. Protect us, bless and protect the technology and everything that the enemy would seem to use to interfere But most of all, just overshadow us, Lord, and be with us. And we just thank you for that. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So today is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, being celebrated by Jews all over the world. As Messianic believers, we don't officially celebrate it. We're going to talk about why, but the fact is we do recognize it, and also I believe it is still in effect for those that are not saved, for those that have not accepted the payment that Yeshua made for them on the cross. Larry and I were talking about this today, and I, I was talking about it with Pastor Shelley. I've, I've come to the belief that since He is a perpetual high priest in the order of Melchizedek on the throne, interceding. That would mean that the feasts are still in effect. Now, we are not bound by them. We are forewarned by them. We do have a calendar by them. But those that are not saved, those that are not born again, those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, still are bound by them. They still are ongoing. And when the millennial reign happens, everybody must come to Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles, which, by the way, starts this Sunday. Well, they get no rain. So there's something to all that, and I'm really not prepared to go much deeper than that into it. It's just something that I'm mulling in my spirit. But go with me to Exodus chapter 30, verse 10. And Aaron shall make atonement upon the horns the horns of the altar once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement, which happens to be the goat name Azazel. And if you don't know who Azazel is, is, you haven't been paying attention. Once a year, he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is the, it is most holy, to the Lord. And then we go to the book of Leviticus, which was written. You know, Leviticus is not really like a a real a popular book. It's not like you're going to sit on a by a fireplace on a Saturday night drinking hot cocoa, drinking Leviticus. But the the purpose of it was. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. It was a visual. It was meant to regulate the dealings of the Israelites between them and Hashem, them and God. And it does this in such a way that it helps to remove the hindrances that are caused by sin. Well, of course, then in Leviticus 23, we hear again about atonement starting with verse 26, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. You shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does, not, who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. So it becomes a Sabbath. The children of Israel, chosen by God, uh, let's face it, they, they did not have it together. They had some serious issues. Dysfunctional would be a word. And he gave them statutes and laws to help them, to guide them, to mold them into a people that could worship him to be his people. So he said about these guidelines specifically for the atonement part. But the interesting thing, you get back to, look at verse 9 of Leviticus 25. And they also blow the trumpet of Jubilee. You shall cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the 7th month. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. The sins were forgiven. That's what the aspect of the scapegoat, Azazel, being sent out into the wilderness, the lamb being slaughtered and blood put on the horns of the altar. And I've been looking at pictures and some of the Jewish websites I follow, some of the temple websites I follow, and they're showing the images of the animals and the sacrifice and everything they went through. And, you know, I love animals. It hurt my heart that these animals do suffer because man messed up. Now, that's really what it's about. It took their blood to set us free. So you get Le- Leviticus laying out keeping you from the things that separate you from God, sin, the aspect of sanctification, the understanding of the significance of blood, Leviticus seventeen eleven, for the life of the body is in the blood. I've given you the blood on the altar to purify yourself, to make you right with the Lord. It is a given for an exchange. It's a purification. That blood constitutes a blood agreement between you and God that you've been forgiven. A life for a life, if you will. So, of course, they had to do this every year. So that means every year, wherever they were, wherever there were temples, wherever there were synagogues, while this was still going on, animals were being slaughtered. Unfortunately for them, they didn't understand that the payment had been made once and for all on Calvary. But the other thing about Leviticus and this training and this teaching is the sanctification part wasn't just about you. It was about any uncleanness that would contaminate the dwelling place of Almighty God in their midst. And as you look at the, the church today and believers today, that thought really doesn't play out very well. People really don't think very much about sanctification of their entire lives and they bring the Lord and the Holy Spirit in a situation they should never do. But the thing that, Leviticus did that we probably need it brought a consciousness of sin and the remission of sins and forgiveness that allowed us to see god's grace in a, in a greater way and that grace today i think in many ways is taken for granted it's either over applied or not applied enough and the pendulum swings back and forth and we never find that place in the middle where he Has bestowed upon us a grace that makes no sense, a favor that makes no sense, but cost him so dearly. Isaiah fifty nine two, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Well that would make him sound like a very distant, unforgiving, unloving God, but then we hear from Psalm seventy eight thirty-eight. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, we know iniquity is inbred sin, and did not destroy them. Yet many a time he turned his anger away. It did not stir up all his wrath. The truth is, if the Lord wanted to, if God wanted to, he he could really do some serious damage to us, to the world, to people. He's done it once. He's going to do it again. But he's full of compassion. He forgave their inbred sin. He didn't destroy them. And he turned his anger away and didn't allow his wrath to be stirred to completeness. So atoned means to forgive. But even in this day and age, we as believers, if you have a Bible and you read it, and I've had people tell me things about the Bible and how it applies to the world, I have to remind them that that book applies to jews and gentile believers it is not a book to the world it doesn't apply to those who don't believe in him the only thing that part that applies to them is that they will stand before him in a final judgment and take account for their actions romans 3:23 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god doesn't mean you still fall short of the glory but that means all have sinned and all re- They need a redeemer. They need atonement. And because God atones and covers human sin, it's best understood as compensation, something that's paid to remove a barrier of sin rather than appeasing an angry God, though both, both, both views of atonement are taught pretty regularly. I don't get this angry God persona. Do I get a correction God? Do I get a discipline God? Yes. But I don't get an angry God that lashes out at mankind and swipes and mites for every last little thing. No. Since the cross, I see a loving God that gives people every opportunity to find their way into grace, forgiveness, and salvation before he is forced to mete out judgment. Romans 5:18 through 21 say this. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Messiah's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. And of course, we know he's talking about the Lord. God's law, here we go. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules, instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. So the tabernacle, the sacrificial system, the law, even the Day of Atonement itself was a shadow of the future better things to come, of a, of a pattern of things, not them specifically. He, Hebrews ten one. So everything I'm going to be showing you here is going to reinforce the fact that over and over and over in the Scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament, Atonement, right relationship with God, is his desire. And that through the cross and through belief in Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, atonement is available to all who desire it. Hebrews 10.1, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices, which they continually offer year to year, Make those who approach perfect. The law can't do it. I'm sorry. I've been around people since I've gotten saved, especially since I've embraced the messianic nature of my bloodline. The law can't do it. You can't live by the law. 613 aspects of the law. If you fail in one, you fail in them all. No human being can satisfy the law. Hebrews 9.24 from Messiah has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. If, you, if you're if you taking notes, Hebrews 9.24 in the presence of God for us. Highlight that. So Messiah himself entered into the holy place. He appeared before God as the perfect sacrifice, as the atonement and the removal of sin. Therefore it was necessary that the copy of the things in heaven should be purified with those, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Hebrews 9.23 There's nothing left to do. I don't celebrate the Day of Atonement. I don't celebrate Yom Kippur as prescribed. I celebrate my salvation and his payment for my sin every day. I celebrate atonement at one with God, my Father, reconciliation through the cross, through the blood, every day. It's not a yearly thing. My sins are covered once and for all. proves his grace is still amazing. But the purpose of the Old Testament sacrifice system was a foreshadowing. It was going to be fulfilled and and abolished at a future time. That future time was Calvary. Hebrews 6, 6, 19-20, this is the Amplified. Now, we have this hope. There's that word again. We've talked a lot about hope. We have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps on it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. And that's the veil within the heavenly holy of holies. Well, Yeshua entered for us in advance, a forerunner, having become a high priest forever after the order, the rank of Melchizedek. Well, he is our high priest. And, according to Hebrews 7.25, he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This high priest is making intercession for the lost, And for those to be saved, even now. He makes intercession for us, using the Holy Spirit to correct us, and getting out of danger, and getting away out of the, the dangerous clutches or eyesight of the enemy. Well, what is the point of having a heavenly high priest, a perpetual high priest, actively interceding and fulfilling the requirements of atonement, if the feasts are no longer in effect, even in the spirit realm. Yeshua is Messiah. He is our high priest. He is the king who rules over the house of God and over us, the people of God. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Messiah Yeshua, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, that being the heavenly father, "...as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward, but Messiah as a son over his own house." whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Hope. See, that's what this walk is about. That's that's what waiting for his appearance is about, the blessed hope. I don't understand people that have no hope. I don't understand the people that don't believe in rapture, they don't believe, oh, the Lord's just going to come back and he's going to rule and reign and that's it. Well, So many things are going to happen before then that would make us somewhat hopeless. And I don't think he's going to do that to us. But let me clarify something here. This only applies to those who are redeemed and reconciled to him. This is not a blanket statement to the world. Yes, the world has the possibility of redemption and atonement through his blood. But they have to accept it. They have to receive it. It's just not a blanket forgiveness. Everybody's forgiven. Everybody goes to heaven. All dogs may go to heaven, but not all people. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We're under a new covenant, and our hearts have been transformed. And we fully trust him because he's working on our behalf. He sent us the Holy Spirit to help us. And we have this confidence that when the time comes, our Heavenly Father will welcome us into his presence. Guilty consciences have been sprinkled. Bodies have been washed. The sacrificial death of Messiah has cleansed us from sin. We have access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to the throne room. We can say, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Anyone without the remission of sins, through the shedding of blood of Messiah, does not. And I'm not saying that to be cold. I'm not saying that to be cruel. But I think as we get closer to the end, we need to understand the danger that our loved ones and our friends and everybody we know that doesn't believe that Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Messiah, is the Son of the living God, is the payment for their sin. They don't believe in the cross. If they don't, they don't get this, which should inspire you to want them to get it. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? See, I'm I'm not doing this to get you fearful or depressed. I'm I'm trying to inspire you to tell others about him. It would be a horrible thing to have somebody we know right now stand before him and have not heard the gospel message. And I've heard people say, "Well, it's been on the radio. It's been on." T- I've seen some of the stuff on radio, listened to radio, and seen the stuff on television. Eventually, the whole world will hear the gospel message, and then the end will come. Some will accept it. Many will not. But I would hate to be responsible for somebody not hearing it. That's why I do what I do. That's why I go where I go. That's why I do this. That's why I'm believing the documentary is going to open up doors to people in the paranormal community, people in Hollywood, All these things that I've been praying about and ask you to pray about, some of you supported. It's all been about a mission. And the mission has been to bring light into the darkness, life into the death, into the valley of death. To walk in there boldly, knowing who my father is, knowing who my Lord is, and rescue people out of it. To give them a a loving word, to talk about grace, to tell them how much he loves them to show the gospel to them by my life, my words, and my actions. It will never happen unless we tell them. For when Moses had spoken every precept all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats, and with water, scarlet will and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And Without shedding of blood there is no remission. Therefore it is necessary that the copies of the things in heaven should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, and the better sacrifice was the Lord Himself. We've been cleansed. And if you are a born again believer, and if Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, is your Lord and Savior, you have been redeemed once and for all. There's no longer need for a blood sacrifice for us. But see, there are people that say, oh, you're a blood cult. You, too much violence. Jesus didn't come to die. Didn't, that you, the Famous people like Oprah, like I should listen to, to what she has to say. Yeah, she's very wealthy, but when she opens her mouth, what comes out of it is flies. Oh, Jesus didn't come to die for us. Eh, wrong answer. John 129, for the next day, John the Baptist saw Yeshua coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mark 10:45 read letters, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Mark 14:24 This is my blood, this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many. First Peter 2:24 For he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Ephesians one seven in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Second Corinthians five seventeen therefore if anyone is in Messiah he is a new creation, old things have passed away behold all things have become new. If Oprah and people like that don't believe in the blood, don't believe the blood sacrifice, say none of that was necessary. That was what man did to him. They've never read the word. They don't know the word. The Holy Spirit's not in them. And I think that's part of the reason the world hates us so much. See, we know. We accept. We are redeemed. We are reconciled. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. But sadly, we still live in a fallen world that hates us. A world that's still under the law and seeks to destroy us because we're not. Maybe they don't consciously know that, but the demons in them do. It's real clear, Hebrews ten twenty eight twenty nine. 29, anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much more punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. I should mail that to Oprah. The lesser situation under the old punishment was death for the person that refused to obey the law of Moses, according to Deuteronomy 13, 6-11. The worst situation, the greatest situation, is one who rejects Messiah and what he did on the cross and treats him with contempt. How much worse, the punishment? Yeah, it's called eternal damnation. Eternal, not short term, not limited to a period. It's eternal. It's eternal separated from their maker. Who wanted it to be more than that. I want it to be their father. (coughs) Excuse me. I I get a little passionate about this. I'm tired of hearing false teachings. I'm tired of people that should know better being deceived. I'm tired of them listening to people that are tickling the ears and saying what they want to hear because they don't want to listen to the fact that their friends and maybe their family and maybe people they care about are going to spend eternity in damnation in torment because they chose the world and essentially Satan over the Son of God. That's really what it comes down to. It's that simple. And if you could look at somebody caught up in that bondage, caught up in that fatal decision, and not feel compassion for them, and not look for a way for the Spirit to help you get through their darkness, something's wrong. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and which was confirmed by us, by those who heard him? God, also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. Hebrews 2, 1 through 14. Are you seeing a pattern here? Are you seeing a a thread, a connection, you know, connecting the dots? This whole thing is about what? It's about reconciliation to God through the sacrifice of Jesus of Nazareth, Messiah on the cross, the Lamb of God. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, once and for all is what that means, sat down at the right hand of God. Hebrews ten twelve. 12. And part of the temple sacrifice, part of the day of atonement, beside the blood sacrifices, beside the, the goats and the calves and, and all that went with it, was the sweet smelling aroma of incense offered as an offering. Well, of course, the, the apostles would bring that up. In Ephesians 5, two, Paul writes, Walk in love as Messiah also loved us, given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We should be the sweet-smelling aroma of sanctification, salvation, and atonement to a lost and dying world that if you could smell what's around them spiritually, the best way to describe it is rotten eggs, rotting food, a huge landfill. That's what the world really is without the sweet-smelling aroma of the Lord that's supposed to come from us. And those who reject the Spirit's prompting and mercy and deny the validity of the gospel, the good news, and the superiority of Messiah and his saving work have basically insulted And disdain the Holy Spirit. And that's one thing the Lord will not tolerate. It's pretty amazing. He'll forgive a lot of things. But he will not forgive the insulting of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Mark chapter 3. Verses 22 through 30. And the scribes came down from Jerusalem and said, He has Beelzebub. And by the ruler of demons he cast out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a kingdom, kingdom is divided against itself, that house cannot stand, stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods Unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men. And whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. That was because he said he has an unclean spirit. Anyone who declares that the gifts of the Spirit and those that use them are demonic, satanic, pagan, or anything other than the Holy Spirit have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And it is a sin that the Lord has declared will not be forgiven now, not in the age to come. It will eternally damn them. Be very careful about what you say. Be very careful about who you listen to that say these things. Some very big, prominent names say these things. We've covered them in the past. I don't want to get into it right now. Now, if you notice, a lot of this is in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews was written for people, Messianic believers, experiencing great difficulties because of their faith and their commitment to the Lord. And they needed encouragement. They needed endurance. They needed the ability to bear up patiently under the difficult circumstances they were experiencing. Many of you are feeling that. Life is not easy under the best of circumstances, and committing yourself to Messiah in a hostile, fallen world brings its own share of suffering. And the people in Hebrews that we believe Paul is speaking to in Luke writing, they were being harassed, they were losing their property, they were being imprisoned. And they would all, they've all suffered at some point, and some were still suffering, very much like our brothers and sisters in the world today. But recall the former days in which you were illuminated. You endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle by both reproaches and tribulations, partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Hebrews ten thirty-two through 34. They needed encouragement. They needed to be told, hold on, hold firmly and believe without wavering. They needed to be reminded of the price that Yeshua paid for them, for them to be free. And suffering in this fallen world, while uncomfortable, while painful, sometimes even fatal, is nothing compared to what he went through and nothing compared to the freedom and the glory that awaits us in heaven. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What's your confession? What is your confession? My confession is I believe that Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins, who rose from the grave on the third day, sits at the right hand of the Father, will come again in glory. I believe that he is the Messiah. I believe that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I have no hesitation telling anybody that. Hebrews 10:23 Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Do you have hope? Have you become hopeless? Have you allowed your circumstances and what is going on in the natural to steal your joy, and to steal your hope? Some of you that came to the C Conference have written me and said, you know, I came home all pumped up, all positive. Everything was great and the world has beat me down and family stuff and kind of lost the shine. And I'm hoping that the the video, seeing it again, hearing it again, will reignite the fire. But the fact is we have to hold on to it. We have to treasure that hope. We, we have to tell the, the devil and the demons and the fallen angels and all the kingdom of darkness, nope, can't have this, this is mine. And we need to endure, expecting and believing in the fulfillment of God's promises to us. Again, Hebrews 6.12, Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, in patience inherited the promises. Hebrews ten thirty six, for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. What is the promise? The promise is not a new car. The promise is not a new home. The promise is not, the big promise is what? Eternity with him. The big promise is being with the Lord, that he's coming back, that he's not abandoned us since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, that you, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You've not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which spoke to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there that his father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us and paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be subjected to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may become partakers of his holiness. And here becomes a bigger issue, and I'm going to run out of time. Though we are redeemed, our flesh constantly causes us problems. And sanctification is an absolute must to endure in this fallen world. We, we've got to hold on to Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Messiah. It is no longer I who live, but Messiah lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're still struggling with the same besetting sins, if you're still doing the same things you did before you got saved, you're not living that out. You're not living out, Galatians 2.20. If he lives in you, you won't still be doing those things. Stop wrestling with your sins. Put them under the blood. Let him take them and become a new creation. They were suffering. The believers of, of the, this period of time in the book of Hebrews were suffering. They faced hardships, but their growth brought maturity. And God showed compassion to those who endured. Endurance is what it's all about. Folks, this is not our home. We can get upset all we want with politics, with media, with Hollywood, with uh, sports. We can get upset with all we want and what we see. This is a fallen world. And this world does not live by the rules of the Lord, and they don't live by the Holy Spirit. Why do we get upset we should expect it to be that way without the redeeming presence and power of the blood of the Lamb? I'm guilty of it. I get frustrated. I see these things. And then I have to remind myself, wait a second, this is not my home. This world is still under the sway of the prince of the power of the air. The perfect world hasn't happened yet. I'm I'm ready for the better life. I'm ready for the things that have been talked about. But I can hold on to one thing. Our complete redemption from this fallen world and the fallen world system is coming. I have hope. I have hope. You know why? Because I believe that he has disarmed the principalities and powers, and he's made a public spectacle of them. I believe that inasmuch as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he likewise shared in the same, and that through death he destroyed him who had the power of death, that is, the adversary, the devil, and released those who through fear of the death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I believe... That he who sins is of the devil. The devil is the sinner from the beginning. But for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8, Hebrews 2, 4, 15 through 15 and Colossians 2:15. I believe that the Lord has won the battle over the souls of humanity. I believe that the church was charged with enforcing this victory over the powers of darkness. The battle has been won, and I believe it's been won once and for all. Atonement, atonement with God, it's ours. We've been reconciled. The price has been paid. The blood of the Lamb has covered our sins. And I believe that that is the message we are called to bring to a fallen world. Father, I just come to you now that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that through the power of the words, through the power of your word, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, that people will be changed, that they'll lay their sins down in front of you. They'll stop doing what they they keep doing, Lord. They'll stop thinking that they can solve their problems and take them to you. That you're still there, Lord. That you are the high priest. A perpetual high priest in the order of Melchizedek. You are a king. You are a warrior. You are the priest of the house of God. And we are of your house. We are your children. Right now your children need some help. They need some healing. They need a word of encouragement. They need a touch. They need a blessing. Financial, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. I pray right now they'll be open and honest before you. They'll admit where they've caused their problems, where they've interfered with what you were doing, and where their lack of faith has not encouraged them to hold on. And that your grace and your mercy will cover that. And that you'll make things right for them. Lord, we want to burn. We want to burn bright. We want to go and do what you've asked us to do. We want to do it without bondage to this world, without fear recrimination or restriction, we understand that we will suffer, we'll be persecuted, there will be tribulation, there will be torment, but we are more than overcomers through you who love us, that we are conquerors through you, more than conquerors, we are victors because the battle's already been won. You made a public spectacle of them. You dragged them through the heavenlies. You showed them who was king of kings and lord of lords. How dare they defy you, and they'll do it again when they see you, when you split the sky. They'll turn their weapons and their warfare on you, and thankfully you'll finally put them down. But until then, we want to serve you. We want to be free of the pain. We want to be free of the fear And we want to be free of everything that holds us back. So bless us right now, Lord. Fill us. Let us run and not grow weary. Let us walk and not faint. Let us rise up with wings as eagles. And I just pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. It's me, your cousin, from Boston. I'm on the radio doing ads for Sam Adams. Now I'll be known as the Sam Adams guy instead of the dude who fell in the quarry. Sam Adams Boston Lager is crisp and refreshing. Which is why I bring a six-pack wherever I go. Except the movies. Anymore. Sam Adams from Boston with love. Here's a legal part. Watch how fast I can read. The Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Drink responsibly. Now is that 30 seconds? Are we even close?